0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Relaunch, the Real Estate Agent Launch podcast. Guess what? This is going to be a momentous event. We are changing things around. I've got Patrick here. Patrick's going to do a little bit of an intro because Patrick um, has a story to tell. So Patrick, do a little bit of an intro for your side of the podcast. Then we'll tell everybody what's going on.
1: Sure. My intro would go like this. Hey everybody, it's Patrick Keller with the Relaunch Real Estate Podcast. Hope you're all doing really well today. And I got a great guest with me, Lauren Cooper. He's an awesome agent out of Canada, actually, and excited to
0: talk to him today. All right. So now that everybody kind of has heard both sides of this, um, let's take everyone back to a couple of weeks ago. So I have this podcast going, the Relaunch Podcast which i then extended to the real estate agent launch podcast i was doing that pretty hardcore for about a year and a half though during covid things got a little bit a uh, little bit hectic a little crazy and uh, i let it I let it fall to the side a bit now you had started a podcast when was it a couple weeks ago right yeah that's when we officially launched and then you realized wait a second what's going on here there's another real launch podcast right <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> So, you reached out to me and uh, how, how did you reach out to me? Was it over Facebook? I don't remember. Did you call me? What was that? I texted you first.
1: Yeah, okay. I found your number online. I figured out that you were the host of this podcast and I just looked you up and I saw that you're a reputable agent and then your cell phone number is right there. And so I just said, hey, I'm going to text
0: him and say, holy smokes, I'm so sorry. I didn't even know there was another podcast with this name. Yeah, no, it was a funny thing because I was just considering, as I was telling you, bringing that podcast back. And I'd been uh, recording a bunch of episodes, storing them up in the library, ready to rock for the new year for uh, for January 2021. But we're jumping the gun a little bit now because, uh, because of this, which is cool. So why don't you tell everybody um, from my side, from my listeners, where it is that you work and the idea of your podcast, and then I'll give a little background on mine.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we're from Indianapolis, Indiana. I own a Brokerage called Crest Point Real Estate. We're an independently owned brokerage in Indianapolis. We have two offices, one on the west side of Indianapolis and one on the north side of Indianapolis. Um, you know, the 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 purpose of the relaunch podcast was I I can gladly say and proudly say that I would attribute probably 75-80% of my success in building a brokerage and becoming an agent that sells a good amount of houses to podcasts. And the other, you know, 15, 20% was just effort, you know, determination. But I learned so much from podcasts and some of the podcasts that I'd learned a lot from were kind of changing. They were getting more commercialized, a lot more advertisements, or they just kind of stopped because they got into something else. And so I thought, hey, I want to give back to the community, just like these folks gave back to me and so if i could interview some folks who are very successful in the business and also provide my insights to agents that are at least getting started or trying to build a team and do something bigger i feel like i could give back and help them accomplish you know similar things
0: if not more than what i did so that was the whole purpose of it excellent and yeah the the whole reason behind my podcast was it was called relaunch because the first two years of my real estate career were a bit of a struggle and I, I had trouble figuring things out, you know, try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that, got mixed messages from everybody. And uh, it wasn't until year three when it really hit for me, which was great. And since then it's been, it's been going well, thankfully, but uh, not without effort, right? As you know. right? Um, so I wanted to make sure that other people didn't have to struggle the same way that I did when they get started, or if they felt like they had to relaunch their career. And and that was the name of the podcast, and. The whole idea was to interview top agents all around North America, and now it's going to be really all around the world and get insights into how they built their business, uh, what they're doing at this point, and um, who's that in the background for the people watching the video? We've got a, a visitor.
1: So. Yeah, that's our admin, Kate.
0: She's amazing. Hey, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the idea behind behind our podcast. So then when. Uh, there she is. <laughs> that when you um, when you approached me, I thought it was a great opportunity to maybe come back and, and rebrand the whole thing. What had happened since then is I've changed brokerages. Um, you know that happens every now and then with people. And I decided let me rebrand the podcast to something a little bit different. Especially you know since you've got the idea of relaunch, and I think you should take it and run with it. And it's a sense of. No, it's a very collaborative community, I find, in, in real estate. Yeah. So I thought, let's rebrand my podcast. Instead of relaunch, we're going to go with the Real Estate Agent Advantage. So we have a Facebook group. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Join the group. We're constantly adding content, the Real Estate Agent Advantage. And that's what the podcast is going to be called as well. We're going to continue along the same vein, same idea, helping people um, expand their business and maybe explore new ideas. And, uh, and I think we're going to go ahead that way. Um, and then you're going to go ahead with the relaunch, and you're going to be the relaunch guy, Patrick.
1: Hey, I appreciate it. I hope I can take your torch and keep it lit <laughs> and run with it for years to come. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I love that name, Advantage. I really, really like that.
0: Yeah, you know, I thought the idea is give give agents an advantage, a leg up or, or a helping hand, and, and help each other grow and, uh, and expand our knowledge. So tell everybody a little bit about yourselves. Let's dig deep into kind of who we are and, and where we came from in the industry. How long have you been in real estate?
1: Yeah, it's six years for me. And very much like you, my first year, I, I was part-time in real estate. I had actually owned another company. I owned a wellness company. Uh, my my background is actually nursing. I was a nurse. I graduated from college to become a nurse. I did that for about a year and a half. It was not my thing. So I quickly, I'm entrepreneurial. So I said, hey, I'm gonna use all of my nursing knowledge. I'm gonna start a wellness company and we're gonna help people get healthier. actually going to try to help companies make their employees healthier and that company actually did well and one of the contracts that we had was with remax it was a company called remax and um, that everybody knows obviously and um and so we were helping them keep their employees healthier and the managing broker of that company said hey you know i think you'd be good at real estate and i said no way i'm not gonna do that i really like this wellness thing that we have going on about the same time and you know uh, USA healthcare is a little different than other countries, but um, we have, you know health insurance and um, health insurance companies were getting into the wellness game. And they were providing health insurance benefits to people uh, and giving them wellness benefits for free just so they could keep those contracts. And so uh-huh. it, it was kind of like hedging us out and I could see it coming. So I sold a couple of the wellness contracts off to other wellness companies. And I called that managing broker up from Remax. I said, Hey, I, you know, I'd love to give it a try. I've actually been able to sell a few contracts off. This is going well over here, but I'd love to just try it out. And so for about a year it was transitioning from owning a wellness company and into real estate. And so my first year was a little challenging. I only closed like 11 or 12 deals in my first year. Um, and then, you know, years two and three, I started developing a really good following and I was able to generate leads. I like technology. And so I was able to close some deals. and, And then I got to the point where I was really busy and I actually needed to form a team. And so I ran a team underneath another brokerage for two, two, three years. And then, um, Ended up so taking that out, team. Where, to, where are
0: you in that in the cycle then? So you're in the business for about first year, you did about 10, 11, 12 deals. Yep. And then when was it that you started to, to build a team? How long after that?
1: Yeah, it was into year three and I had done 54 transactions. And it was time to leverage myself out, not only with a transaction coordinator, but I also started to need some help with, you know, buyers, agents, people trying to convert leads for me and those kind of things. So it was into I'm three, just going to dig in, in a little bit
0: because yeah. you've got some really good stuff there. Now you started, you said you did 10 to 12 deals. Where did those first 10 to 12 deals come from your first year?
1: Yeah, it was mostly um, just cold calling expireds, uh for sell by owners. And then a couple leads that the managing broker at the time of the place I was working at, they just didn't want to work. And I mean, they were 50000 $60,000 deals that I was hungry for, you know, I wanted to do anything I could. Some of those turned out to being investors that bought 20, 30, 40 properties with me in the future. So it it definitely panned out, but uh, mostly just cold calling, inspired, Fizbos, not even being a professional at the scripts, but just not being afraid to jump on
0: and just have conversations with these people and kind of see where they were at. And just being a little bit ambitious and going out there and not giving up, right? Exactly. Excellent. And then you mentioned technology. So you got into the online lead game, I assume, and that is heavily weighted usually towards buyers, Mm -hmm. um, but you can get sellers too, though it's a little bit tricky. So tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. So I saw that my managing broker had a website that was generating leads and I thought, Hey, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to maybe look into doing that too. And so after, after I, you know, just closed a few deals, I actually took that money and invested in a website platform. And then also started investing a very small amount at that time in Google PPC leads. So just pay-per-click traffic coming into our website, and coming in the website for me and converting them into leads. And at that time, I think I think I only started with a 200, $300 a month PPC budget. And that would actually create probably 20, 20 leads a month with that budget. You know, the cost per lead where we're at is around 11 or $12 per Google lead. And so at that time, you know, I wasn't incredibly busy with work. So you better believe every single time I got a lead, I was calling them, you know, seven, eight, nine times to get them on the phone and just try to see where they're at in the
0: stage. And do you find that uh, kind of the story is true when you talk to online leads, they can be anywhere, usually they say about 18 months out from, from transacting. Is that uh, the case?
1: Yeah, it was it was the case then and it's the case now. Now now we're pulling in you know four or 500 leads a month and it's totally, it, it's always been the same. It's always, we find it's about 12 months. Okay. But some of them stretch out a little bit longer. You know, you, you get the one off where they're ready in three but a majority of them, it's
0: gonna take about a year. And how are you staying in touch with these people for follow-up? Are you putting them in some sort of drip system, just sending them listings, a combination of both calls? What's happening?
1: Initially, when it was just me, it was calls and manual text messages. Now we've graduated. We have a CRM called Sierra Interactive. Uh, have you heard of them? I have
0: I have. I've never um, worked with them though.
1: Okay. They're based out of Louisville, Kentucky, and um, they've grown really quick. I was actually one of their first you know people that that they signed on. and now they're now they're helping people all across the country. But they have an amazing CRM that is included in their website package. Uh, it's the truthfully the best combo I've, I've ever come across. And now when we have a lead that registers, we have automated uh, text messages that hit them immediately and they follow up with them for a year, an entire year. Wow! And initially it's, it's a lot, you know, it's like within a few minutes. And then if they don't respond, it's within a couple minutes after that, just asking if they have any further interest. And then it goes like next day and then three days later and then five days later. And then it stretches out for like once a month, it's text messages and emails. And then the agents are expected to call them a total of seven times over the course of about 15 days initially. And then we kind of let the system text and email them past that 15 day mark, because there's probably not a lot of immediate intent there, but we want to want to continue following up with them. And people like to text more anymore.
0: So that that, is that that drip campaign for texts and emails that's already preset, pre done for you. Uh, no, we had to create it. Okay. And
1: then um, there's also some guys that are based out of uh, Fargo, North Dakota, called uh, the Hatch Realty Group or Hatch Coaching Systems. You you can buy in the Sierra Interactive platform. You can actually buy like preset stuff. Hmm. So we combined preset stuff with personalized things that have like our voice with dropped voicemails and those kind of things we actually kind of merge those together to increase our conversion
0: ratio oh, so it absolutely. felt like
1: it was really a person
0: oh cool so well, let's go back to you were doing that yourself for a while it built up to a point you had uh you had to get a team because it was too much volume for you to handle yourself so who were the yep. first people that you brought on did you bring on an assistant first or what
1: Yes, and I think that should be everybody's first move if they're gonna team up. I think you gotta go admin first, this is my opinion. And, and transaction coordinator, personally for me, is the, the hire you have to make first. Because most most of us agents are successful because we're people people and we've got a lot of drive and determination. And I think that most of the agents that are successful don't have the detail-oriented you know, um, personality, personality trait. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I, you know, I never missed a deadline or whatever, but it, it just drove me nuts having to work on transaction coordination when I could be out there trying to find more clients to help.
0: Money. So I activities, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So the first hire was transaction coordinator. Um, I hired her on a salaried basis. Some people do it per file. I actually decided to hire this person uh, on a salary basis and she's still with me today. And she's one of the, the most important aspects to my business. I, I, would, I would not have been able to accomplish the things that we have now as an entire brokerage or just individually without her. The That's was a great so insight
0: there. Fantastic. So after the transaction coordinator, tell me how you built it kind of step by step.
1: Yeah, we, we kind of one agent at a time. Um, brought the team on. Uh, I would say half of we've got 25 people in our organization now, and a majority of them are agents. We have two admin um, one's a transaction coordinator, and one is a, like a listing manager admin. Um, the rest are all agents. I would say half of our agents have come on by word of mouth. They just really like what we do. We, they like our structure, our commission split structure. They like how we provide leads, all of those things. And the other half we did through traditional recruiting sources. So Facebook recruiting, wise hire, um, those kind of things. And then we run them through a very specific platform of uh, interviewing. I mean, we don't just hire everybody, right? Not, not just cause they can fog up a mirror. We run them through three steps. We make them take a disc test. If that's a good fit, we do a core values test. We wanna make sure their values align with us. And if they pass their values test, They get like a formal interview, you know, like, have you succeeded in life? Have you been on an upward trajectory in life? Or are you going downhill um, in your professional development? We kind of look at all of those things. And if they're a good fit, then we bring them on board.
0: And what are the expectations of agents when you bring them on? Do you have certain minimum standards in terms of production or activity?
1: Yeah, so we do a 90-day assessment period with all the agents that come on board with us. And for that 90 days, they have a few expectations. One is that they have to make 150 outbound prospecting attempts every single week in that 90-day period. They have to hold three open houses in that 90-day period, which I think is not enough, but they do. That's what they have to hold. They have to pend at least one transaction in 90 days. Um, Then they have to... Oh, gosh, my mind just went blank on the last one. Uh, it's 150 calls. They have to make a week two open or sorry, three open houses in 90 days. They have to pin one tra- penny. Oh, and they have to come to all of our meetings. That's the that's the last thing. So we have meetings every Monday and they have to attend all of our meetings. Obviously,
0: emergencies are interested. So the main method of prospecting then for your agents is to deal with the um, incoming lead traffic that's coming in or is it uh, other things as well?
1: We preach 33%, 33%, 33%. So 33% comes from, your business should come from leads. 33% of your business should come from cold call prospecting. We train on that. So like just sold, just listed, expired and for sale by owner prospecting. And then the last 33%, they should be prospecting their sphere, their circle of influence. And so we preach that they need to be spending a third of their time in all of those buckets.
0: Okay. Now in terms of uh, sphere database that really is being preached by all the coach coaching companies out there, you know, as a, a huge source of business for everybody. So what is the best way to quote unquote, attack <laughs> um, your database and make sure that you're always top of mind. Your sphere. Yeah.
1: Your sphere, I think is my opinion is that it's different than what we've been told a lot, you know, it's not calling them and telling them that you're a real estate agent and you're here to help them. I think it's calling them, especially if you're a brand new agent or you're an agent that has had a hard time launching. I think you call them and I think you say, Hey, I want to tell you I'm a brand new agent, or I want to remind you that I am an agent, but I am not asking you for your business. I'm not asking you for a a referral right now, but would you please just follow me on social media? and kind of watch my business grow. And if you feel like my business is growing and you feel like I am a good um, option for somebody that you may know, then please just hand out my name and I'd be happy to to, to help them. But I want to prove it to you that I know what I'm doing and, and that we're going to be successful. So it's not an ask. It's like you want to show yourself and prove your, your prove reward. To them.
0: Yeah. That's a very interesting approach. I've never heard it quite put that way before but uh, I think that's a good way of doing it. You know, you're not in the face saying, give me a referral. Who do you know? Are you going to be doing something? Use me. Um, It's let me prove that I can do this. And if I do, then give me a consideration. It's a longer play, but it's a really loyal
1: play. You know, the the long play game is much stronger and more loyal than the short one-offs in my opinion. So uh, that's why I like that approach.
0: Yeah, well, I think if if anybody's serious about real estate as a career, you have to really look at it from a long game perspective. Oh yeah. You know, these one-off transactions, one and done, never see them again, never talk to them again. I mean, that that works for some people, but that's an exhausting way of uh, of living and of working your real estate business. Because once you've got somebody, keep them in the system, nurture them. You know. Yep. Uh, keep it going, because otherwise, you're just on that treadmill forever. Absolutely.
1: One yeah. of my first ep- So the first episode we had in the relaunch podcast, our, our relaunch podcast <laughs> uh, was a lady named Connie Carlson. She's out of Atlanta. She sells over $20 million personally a year in real estate herself. And like she, she, her husband does it with her and her daughter does it. And, and just the three of them, they're usually selling like $40 million in real estate. And she's been doing this for 16 years. And she had said every single day, you still got to wake up and prospect, even after 16 years, it just changes, right? Like you're prospecting the people you've taken care of then versus the new.
0: Influence. Right. So it's warm prospecting yep. rather than the cold prospecting.
1: Yep. You Still have to make an effort. You still have to get out there and do it. But it. She she equated it to, it feels like an exercise now
0: mm-hmm. where
1: you go work out and then you feel better after you've worked out. Right. Because you feel like immediate results. Whereas when you first get started, you go work out and you might be really (laughs) sore afterwards because you're going to be
0: there. Yeah. I think momentum is a big part of this business in every aspect of the business. So when you, when you do things in life in general, like working out, you go work out one time, you're killing yourself, you're exhausted the next day, super sore, and you just don't want to go back and you never go back. But when you develop that rhythm, that momentum, then things start happening over time. And I think I always like to, to emphasize focusing on the activity than the end result. Doing mm-hmm. the right things that have been proven for everybody, doing them consistently, and then you know automatically the result will be there in the end as long as you're doing them consistently on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, I agree. Absolutely.
0: Nice. So um, now you're at a point where you left Remax and you started your own brokerage. Mm -hmm. That's a big decision because that's, there's a liability involved in that. There's everything involved in that. So what took you from Remax to say, I'm doing a team to no, I want to do my own brokerage. What was that?
1: Yeah. You know, it was, we were actually running like a mini brokerage inside of a brokerage. And it got to the point where it felt like the liability was on you anyways, you know, because the the team members that ended up working for me inside of the team, inside the brokerage, they never knew the managing broker, you know, they never really met with them. Um, They were just kind of like somebody that was there. And so the questions always came to me, you know, how do I handle this situation? How do I do these things? And the managing broker and I had a great relationship. They knew that, you know, I was kind of on a path for probably owning my own anyway. So the break was not, it was not, it wasn't bad you know, there weren't ill feelings at all whatsoever. It was just kind of like, I, I noticed that, uh, and it wasn't really a money thing either. Uh, cause the compensation structure wasn't too bad. Um, it was more so of a, Hey, I feel like I've got ownership in this already, you know? So I'd like to I'd like to kind of create something a little bit new and then be able to do some different things because when you're at a larger most larger, not all, but a larger brokerage, you know, they have limits on what you can do or the kind of splits you can provide people or, or the things that you can provide to your team members. And I I didn't want to be limited by that. I wanted to have my team members to have some say in, you know, what they could get those
0: kind of things. So you have more freedom, more control over how you're doing business, how you're marketing yourselves and uh, how you're kind of treating your team members, so to speak. A little less red tape. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> how long have you guys been doing the brokerage right now? Just two years. Two years in, and how's yeah. it going?
1: It's great, I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything else. Uh, I am not looking back and regretting the decision. It's been really, really great.
0: So somebody looking, because you're, you're now looking at it from the other side. I mean, you've been all across, from single agent, new agent, to somebody who's building a business that they can't handle themselves, so they bring on admin, they bring on team members, and now owning your own brokerage. Um, what do you say to the new agent that's just coming into real estate or considering real estate or just getting their license? What do you think is a good way to go? Joining a team, going at it solo, what?
1: Oh man, that's a great question. I think that you have to I think you have to assess where you are. So if someone's considering real estate or don't have their license yet, I think they need to really assess and, and meet with, a, with an individual like you or me or other owners of companies or team leaders and say, this is what I have time for. This is what I plan on doing. Is this all realistic? And hopefully that leader is honest with them. Because I think some brokerages are guilty of saying to everyone, you're going to be a superstar. You're going to sell so many houses and you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars in your first year. Right. And then they, they kind of have that I don't have to do anything. All I gotta do is sign up. I'm gonna make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I think if they're considering real estate or if they're working on getting their license, they need to meet with somebody that they trust, who's honest with them, and also who can, who they who they, who they trust. I mean, obviously they can't control somebody's honest with them, but somebody that they really trust in their bones, and and that person knows how much time they'll have and how much commitment that they'll have, so they can go to the right place. Now yeah, if somebody's like, that's a good idea. Yeah, somebody's in their first year. You know, I would say listen to podcasts like yours and listen to podcasts like mine, listen to other podcasts in real estate because it's going. Your managing brokers generally are really, really helpful and they want to help, but they also are so strapped on time, mm-hmm. and so you you have to be willing to go find knowledge read books, listen to podcasts and insights, find insights in other places so that you can be successful. And these also, podcasts are just like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I also think that it's often true that, you know, managers and, and, and brokers, they're well-intentioned and, and they want you to do well, but they've been so far removed from actually, you know, boots on the ground, doing the business day to day. You know, this is a fast moving world with technology and everything else it's not done the same way people's expectations are different everyone's moving at a different pace the old methods of prospecting while can still work today maybe they need a little massaging to make them work a little bit better in uh, these environments so speaking to somebody who's actually active in the game right now maybe google if you're thinking about getting into the business google some people that are sort of top realtors in the area or you see their signs everywhere and and just ask if you can talk to them for a few minutes or take them for a coffee under regular non COVID times. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and,
0: uh, and reach out and you'll, you'll find that some people might be a little bit closed off, but other people will be very open and yes. conversations that you'll find that you connect with certain people, they'll guide you, you know, in the right path. And like you said, listening to the new relaunch podcast <laughs> and the real estate agent advantage podcast and other podcasts like this are a great resource because you're hearing it from people that are doing it every single day that have had the success that you're looking for. Right.
1: Absolutely. And don't, that is everything you said, like put it in a book (laughs) because somebody needs to buy that. But, and if you're considering it when you're calling these top producers say, tell me the bad, like, tell me the bad stuff. Tell me what sucked because They're going to want to know if they're ready to get their boots dirty. And they're going to want to know if they can commit to doing those bad things too. And I think once expectations are set correctly like that, people can come in and when they get blindsided or when they have three weeks of prospecting and nothing has happened, they don't quit. Like they know that that's going to happen and they're ready for it. And they're just going to keep punching.
0: Yeah, exactly. When you have that idea that, you know, expect this, this is the way it's going to be this could happen, that could happen. They're prepared for it. They're not a deer in headlights. Bingo. Yeah. All right. So one last thing I want to talk about with regards to day-to-day business. Um, what would you, advice would you give somebody who's, you know, they're rocking and rolling, they've got their groove, they're doing well, but they're a single agent. At what point should they consider bringing on an administration, uh, administrative assistant or another agent?
1: Yeah. I think for transaction coordinator in our market, so which is Midwest U.S., I think if you are to the 30 transaction mark per year, if you're doing 30 transactions or more, you have to start considering a transaction coordinator. And if you're close to 50, don't even consider it. Like go out and hire one. <laughs> and and you can do it, you know, you can do it virtually. Like there's, there's companies out there that have virtual assistants that do transaction coordination. You can do that. I recommend doing it in-house. I really do. Um, but sometimes people don't have the, you know, the budget for that, it's just a little bit more expensive to do it that way versus a virtual assistant. But I would say 30 transaction mark, you need to start thinking about it. And you probably should. If you're at 50 transactions a year, it's too late. (laughs) Like you can't, you can't leverage yourself out anymore. You know, people are only, um, they they only have so much time.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: I would go transaction coordinator
0: first. What do you think? Yeah, so I mean, up here we we do things a little bit differently. So rather than um, specific transaction coordinators, we have admins that would cover sort of that and, and everything. Okay, um, it's kind of all wrapped up in one. Usually, uh, it would be split where you might have a marketing assistant or a marketing coordinator, and then uh, customer coordination or client coordination whatever it is an assistant dealing with with that so they're dealing with the paperwork for the transaction making sure everything is yeah. smooth and good to go so that's usually how it works up here with admin first then bringing on somebody from marketing then maybe bringing on another agent you know to help with your buyer overflow uh, while you focus on listings and generating that type of business and then bringing on other people as as you grow but the other thing that i've noticed is and and tell me if you see it in your market there are many agents out there that are very ego-driven in the sense that I just want to bring on as many agents on my team as possible. So I have 30, 40, 50 agents on my team and look at me, I'm so big. And yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing good numbers, but when you break it down per agent, it's not so great. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the ideal would be a lean team that everybody is doing good business, everyone is happy. Um, you know, if you have five, five to 10 people on your team and everybody's making good money, that's the ideal situation. It's not how many people are on my team. It's how we work together.
1: Absolutely. hundred percent. And there's a bunch of different models that people can consider for that. Right. You can hire agents on uh, salaried, you know, give them a, give them a base salary every year and then set expectations of how many prospecting calls, because you can when they're employees. So how many calls they're going to make, how many deals they're going to put under contract each month. If they don't do that, then you know, you can either find them another seat or maybe this just wasn't the right thing for them. Uh, you've got the showing partner model, which you've got top agents that, so you got yourself and then maybe one other top producer that has a partner that's assigned to them that does all the things that you had mentioned your, one of your initial hires would do, like buyers and showings, and doing all the things that takes time. And then you can do the things that make more money, like listings and those kind of things. So there's a bunch of different models. And I 100% agree that as someone's trying to grow a team, do not just bring people in just to bring people in because you're going to lose all kinds of money that Mm -hmm. way. And and maybe it's not cash coming out, but it's your time. And that's worth way more than maybe even what you're losing.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Very, very good perspective. When you're investing in somebody and and sort of helping to raise them and their career, it's a big investment in time. And if you're in a team situation where you're not in that environment and you don't have a a quote unquote team leader or, or team ecosystem that helps you with that, maybe you're not in the right environment, right? That's what a team really should be. It's a support system to help everybody um, develop and grow as real estate professionals, as well as their dollars and cents.
1: Absolutely. They should, the team should be training them regularly, holding them accountable regularly And then also like know what's going on in their personal lives. Yeah. Like what they're trying to achieve personally, not just how much they want to sell. Like the team leaders and a team should be invested in those three assets assets with those people.
0: Oh, I think that's so important that you brought that up because real estate really is more than just a job, a nine-to-five job that you go to. I mean, as we all know that are already in the industry, this is a 24-7 gig. And uh, unless you put those limits <laughs> those limits on as you develop, it can be all-encompassing and all-consuming. So when you're in a team environment, especially, it really is a work family, hopefully, and you all support each other in your personal as well as professional goals. So well said.
1: Absolutely. So tell me about you. I wanna I wanna learn where you started.
0: Oh, I'm not you know, that like person. what what your <laughs> uh, what your path was. Okay, so uh, before getting into real estate, people watching this episode rather than listening will see I have a new physical setup. I I set up a wall in my office that Patrick and I were discussing before we we pressed record. Um, and I put up all my guitars. So I come from a background of uh entrepreneurship and music so i was a professional musician but i also knew that being a professional musician isn't necessarily always going to bring food on the <laughs> table <laughs> yep. so i uh, i ran a music school and i taught for years and that's what i did and i was in and out of the retail space as well i was um sort of uh sought after to bring uh be brought on and help this retail store um raise their sales and such this was all happening right before i was getting out of music and getting my real estate license so uh, around 2012, that's when I got my real estate license and I went full into real estate. And, um, and I was saying to Patrick that all these guitars have basically been sitting, you know, in the basement in, in cases, unless I have a one-off gig or jam every now and then. And I thought I was getting a little bit sad not to play them. So I put them up on the wall so that I could just grab them for five minutes every mm-hmm. now and then. But um, so, yeah, 2012, I got sort of thrust into real estate full time, and uh, I, w- I I basically, <laughs> I was in a strange situation because I had one uh, baby girl who was, I guess she was about a year and a half, a second one on the way within a matter of months. Uh, my wife was not working because she was about to give birth mm-hmm. and we had very little savings. So I was thrown into full-time real estate right away. And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? I just went into panic mode. And so I went after every book, there weren't really podcasts then in 2012. And if there were, I wasn't aware of it. Um, So I was just, you know, uh, on YouTube, calling people going to uh, coaching events and such. And I kind of had to figure my own way. And and the first two years were really terrible. I mean, you thought you did badly your first year, I'll tell you, I know price points are different. Mm -hmm. But I did um, three transactions my first year, one sale, two leases, it was garbage. And it wasn't for lack of effort it's just that I didn't know what to do and my, my managing broker while they wanted to help they didn't have that modern perspective that we talked about that a, a real estate agent that's working day-to-day would have and other agents I found in my office so I was with um, the big brand names I was with Century 21 which by the way I, I, I grew to love a uh, wonderful family of agents there that I'm still close with But um, a lot of people, especially the top producers, were very closed off and protective of their own, quote unquote, secrets and how they develop business. So a quick tip that I learned right away was reach outside of your geographic location, go to people that, you know, are maybe doing well, a couple cities over, a couple states over in a different country, and they're more willing to share because you're not a threat to them at all. So I slowly found my way um, through doing that. And by year three, so year one, terrible. I said, okay, if I'm going to make it and not, you know, have to sell my my house and provide for my family, my growing family, I'm going to need to do at least 10 transactions the next year. And then that year, I believe I did 12 transactions um, where it was, I think mostly sales and a couple leases. And then, like I said, year three, it hit, and 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 I was doing great uh, from that point on. I've always been a solo agent, never part of a team. Of course, knowing what I know now, I probably would have joined a team getting started, because the mentorship, the built-in business that you can automatically, and opportunities, and to see people that are already, you know, in it and doing it well firsthand, that would have been invaluable. So, um knowing what i know now i would have joined that lean mean kind of team that (laughs) that has that that ecosystem and that environment of helping everybody raise their game but um i went the hard way which is why i started the relaunch podcast was to help people right Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: uh and so this is where i am now where since consistently since year three so i started 2012 so i guess about 2015 the last five six years um i've been doing very well um and working my butt off, <laughs> and yeah. we're about to go to the next level. So I went from Century Twenty One at a couple year and a half ago. I went to Remax. So I've been with some big, big names, and then uh, most recently I went with Exp. Um, they're all good names, you know. The, the brokerage, they're they're all great. Um, but for me, this was the right fit for where I was growing, uh, wanting to bring on a team eventually, and um, it, all of that that all of that that entails. So I basically built my business when several different sources. Of course, database was very slow for me. And that that's why the insight that you gave was great. In the first couple of years in my business, as is normal, people are going to be like, why should I trust you? Mm-hmm. you know? yeah. Whether they say it or not, that's what they're thinking. So approaching them that way by saying, I'm not asking for your business now, but just watch what I do and, and help support, sort of follow me socially and let me earn it is a great way to go about it because over time I have earned it. Through showing yeah. them that I've been thrown to the wolves, I've survived <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and flourished and done well. So now I've, I've earned their trust, right? Um, so database is 100% essential. Uh, and then going from there, online leads, I have a good amount of experience with online leads as well. And uh, door knocking, cold calling, you name it, I tried it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've, I've focused it on circle prospecting, which is that just listed, just sold kind of thing. We don't work expired here. We're not allowed to work expired, so that was never an option for me. Um, some people do it. I, I think that's it's unethical. If you're not allowed to do it, then don't yeah. do it, right? <laughs> um, but do whatever you can do in in your particular region. In some areas you're not allowed to door knock, right? So don't door knock. But there are ways around it, and uh, you find I think three or four main pillars go with those full force, make sure you're growing one at a time database is always there, at least have another one on top of that when you're starting, then mm-hmm. add them as you you start to fill them up. Um, that's been my experience at this point, I've had a great run, I make it a point to travel a lot. So I go to all the coaching events all over North America, I meet great people like yourself, we, we met this way, which is fantastic. And I know. Connected. And I find that that's why when you approached me with the relaunch idea and that you, you had it, I thought, you know what, take it and run with it, go for it and I'll rebrand and we can both, you know, do well and succeed. I think the key in this business is not to see it as an adversarial business, but to see it as a collaborative one. And, and mm-hmm. I think we really will succeed much further and faster if we think of it that way. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Have you, um, you do you like to read? Obviously you I do. mentioned when you started.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I read, I listen when I'm in the car. I'm listening to audiobooks. Um, so I read and and listen to audiobooks. Yes. <laughs> Have you read The Go Giver? The Go Giver. That sounds so familiar. I think I just heard about that yesterday. Um, because I was at a coaching event virtually. Mm-hmm. Go giver. Who who wrote that one? I don't even remember. I think it's Bob Berg. I think Bob Berg
1: is the author of it. I would recommend anybody listening to this to read that book because you, you are personifying it right now, but basically, you know, it's a book about giving Uh, instead of going and getting things it's giving back because that's how our universe works, right? Our universe works in reciprocity generally. And just like you said, we should work together in this industry to be successful instead of working against one another and you should be open to learning from other people like you just said you're you're meeting people out of your market and you did that when you were very early in the business and and that is why those are pieces of why you're successful today it's because you're open to learning you didn't have it all figured out and none of us none of us do
0: yeah, absolutely. Never in life in general, we should always be an open, open to learning anything new. Otherwise, if we're closed off, what's the point in going on, right? If we already know everything, that's what I tell my kids who always tell me, oh, I know dad, I know. Right. No, you don't know everything. I don't know everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So tell me about eXp and like
1: how that, so you're, you're wanting to kind of build a bigger team now. How does eXp kind of help foster that or what, what solutions do they have?
0: So I mean, I didn't want to get into too much branding because this is open to everybody and every brand. But sure. for me, just for, for how it worked for myself, um, I saw the opportunity. I wasn't recruited into eXp. I actually saw a friend of mine go into it um, who was in management and and buying into a brokerage as well. And I thought he just found his ideal place. This is what he wanted. And he went into this. So I looked into it. And I like several different concepts of eXp. I like the fact that it's not broken off and franchised, as as you know, I've been with that Century 21 Remax yeah. model. So the biggest companies in the world, which again are great, but I like the fact that it's more consistent in that it's not like this franchise of Remax is different than this franchise of Remax, depending on who the broker owner and manager is and they do things a little bit differently. I found that consistently was a lot better, the consistency. I also liked exactly what we're talking about. The collaborative community attracted me right away. The fact that we're all under that one umbrella and it's virtual. So we have access to everybody. We have daily trainings, not just like once a week, a couple of times, um, but every day, the whole day is full. You can pop on and it's only top producers that are doing the training. So these people, they're doing it. It's working for them. So you can tap into... All of that knowledge and that camaraderie, that was already built in what we were talking about. It was built into this company. I loved that right away. The other thing in terms of my own self and growing my business physically is I'm coming up with this concept of of a modern team rather than a traditional team. So uh, the idea to touch very lightly on it would be, you know, we're not limited geographically now. If I have a partner in Indiana, in New York, in Texas, Um, I can say, I'm generating leads that are going there. Why don't we split on that? You keep your identity as yourself, Mm -hmm. even locally. Keep your identity as yourself. That's the fear that a lot of people have in joining a team is that, oh, now I'm going to be under Jim Smith team and no one's going to know who I am. So, uh, and that's the case, sometimes, not always. But for me, I thought the advantage of a modern team would be, listen, you be Jim Smith or whoever you want to be your business is your business, but when we share business, we share it. And no matter what, we're always collaborating and helping each other grow with systems and other things. So that's the kind of, um, environment that I really love. And when I saw this, I just recognized it immediately as, as this was the place for me.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's being, having all those resources available is totally key when you have to build them from scratch. Yeah. That's, that's difficult. And uh, that takes a lot of time. And, and as we all know, the things that are paying our bills are when we're selling houses. Exactly. And so when you're developing all that content and that training and doing all that coaching, um, you're taking your time away from selling homes. So that's That is nice. That is a nice benefit. That's a
0: difficult balance. And that's something that I'm glad you brought up in general that everyone should realize is you need to spend time working on your business as well as working in your business. Mm -hmm. Now working in your business is really the, the income generating activities, which is prospecting, you know, presentations like buyer consultations or listing presentations, and then negotiating offers. That's it. That's how we make our money period. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other stuff is important too, working on your business, everything that you just said. But a lot of people I find, especially these days with all the content out there, it's like all these great ideas It's they have squirrel brain and they want to try this and try that and try this and try that. And they're constantly thinking about other things to do rather than just getting in the business and working in the business. Yep. So that that delicate balance is very important in terms of working in the business versus on the business. I think you should, it really is a, out of 10, you know, eight and a half should be working in your business and maybe one and a half should be on your business in terms of how you you devote your time. What do you yep. think?
1: Yeah, I'd always heard three, three, and three. I actually picked this up on, on a podcast interview that I did with somebody. Three, three, and three. So three, if you're a new agent or newer and you're ready to launch, three hours should be in the business working on prospecting. Three hours should be initially working on your business, like get making sure that you have a very good website making sure that you have, um, you know, places that people can capture information, Facebook business profile, all of those things initially, right? And then the other three hours in that day, so we're talking nine hours of work days, which some people may not even want to sign up for there. (laughs) But um, another three hours in that day is appointments, meeting with people, uh, coffees, again, you know, COVID obviously is changing things, but going and meeting with folks, And, and if that three hours of meeting with people, if you don't have appointments in those three hours, then you go back to the first.
0: Prospecting.
1: More prospecting. So it does trend towards exactly what you said. Yeah. You know, probably.
0: In and one third on.
1: Yes. And don't get wrapped up in the minutia of, um, does my website look pretty enough? Or are my videos good enough? Or are my pictures good enough on my Facebook business profile? Because if you're in it, if you're in the business, the business will come.
0: Yeah, I agree 100, percent. and that that's a very important detail. Don't get wrapped up in perfection. Um, people can can just be frozen with fear that it's not perfect. But I find the most successful people uh, in life, never mind real estate, happen to be, and, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but um, ready shoot aim kind of people rather than ready aim oh yeah kind of people. And and you have to make adjustments along the way and be careful with that. And I, I don't say that haphazardly but do your homework do your research go for it don't wait for it to be perfect you'll perfect it as you go
1: absolutely throw it on the wall see if it sticks and then once you start getting income because you've been doing that then hire somebody who won't throw it on the wall unless they know if it will stick
0: right and absolutely. then
1: and then you've got a great complex or a great a mixture of personalities, right? And and that's why I think you should go admin first because the admin's not gonna throw anything on the wall unless they know if it's gonna work. Right. And then you guys compliment one another.
0: Excellent, excellent advice. So to wrap this up, um, let's do one more one more recap of what's going on here. Uh, Patrick, take it with the relaunch.
1: Yeah, so I um, just started a relaunch real estate podcast. It's called relaunch real estate. And um, you know I didn't know Lauren had done that um, and i posted our first one and i was actually searching for my own podcast and i came across lauren so uh lauren is we've got a really good relationship going just over the last couple of weeks uh, because of this he's been gracious enough to say hey you know what you take that and you you're always welcome to listen to our podcast uh, you go to any of the popular uh, podcast tools and just search relaunch real estate podcast and and that would be um where you'd be able to find me and then i want to you know obviously hand it over to you and tell people where people can continue to find you now.
0: Sure. Thank you. So yeah, the real estate agent advantage. So come and find us and join our group on Facebook and, and contribute and uh, listen to the podcast. That's what the podcast is called now, the real estate agent advantage. And the more we get a chance to collaborate, the better. I think uh, in the future, we should do this a couple of times and bring on different people and different perspectives and touch base and everyone should listen to uh, both podcasts.
1: Absolutely. I I 100% agree. I hope we can help each other out and it'll be a perfect combo of information for everybody.
0: Awesome. North of the border and south of the border, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Everyone check out Patrick's podcast and mine and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Lauren.